Hey guys, welcome. It is Roots to Grooves. I'm Jesse. Sitting across from me is Jay. You know it's Roots to Grooves. Welcome along, everybody. How are you doing, Jay? Pretty good. Wrapping my head around this new artist that yes. we are talking about this week. You just heard him opening track. Um, our intro track. That wasn't the opening track off of the album, but we're talking about Holy Drug Couple. Yeah, an Atlantic postcard off of their album Moonlust. Uh, 2015 is yes when that came out. Not their first album. Where, where is mm -hmm. that in their discography? Uh, uh, late, middle, middle, about okay. the middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where I discovered them. Also, that album's called Moonlust. Okay, yeah. That that came up on my comings and goings. I don't know mm -hmm. YouTube or Spotify or just somebody told me. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, because I haven't come across them at all. I'm like, yeah, you just it's just. From your listening habits suggested mm -hmm. to you maybe somehow something like that yeah. just deep in there on like a playlist or like an artist radio that okay. is playing for hours and then yeah it eventually gets like further and further away from what you were originally <laughs> listening to down a rabbit hole yeah so it's kind of like that and then eventually holy drug couple came up and i think it was that song or maybe one of the other ones it caught your ear yeah yeah and just like that song we played i mean it, it still catches my ear yeah um so yeah, we're talking about Holy, Holy Drug Couple. This is like an indie rock, yeah, uh, psycho psychedelic rock band. Psycho, uh, psycho, 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 psychodelic, psychodelic, psychedelic. That's getting yeah. too scary. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. What else? What else could you call them? As far as as uh, I mean, dream pop, psychedelic pop. Yeah, uh, I mean, psychedelic rock is how everyone describes them. They're even like. <clears throat> specific psychedelic music blogs out there that have specifically interviewed and written mm -hmm. about them. Um, they themselves, I think as a lot of artists do, shy away from being categorized in a genre or pigeonholed or whatever, but um, as we'll get into later, like some of their inspirations wouldn't necessarily lead you to think of psychedelic music. But right. But that's what I get. And uh, when the, I very first listened to their first album, first track i was getting heavy pink floyd vibes off of that right um there's no vocals right it's just all they do have some vocals yeah. in in some of their tracks but yeah. um i mean i think they started instrumental though right yeah and that's what i was listening to i think right that yeah yeah just some of like the drum beats and that are very pink floydy mm -hmm. yeah. no 100 yeah. percent. yeah i think they are inspired by some old bands i know one of these guys i think i mean nirvana was yeah, yeah, another influence. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had a, I think I had a list, but I didn't write them down. But before we get too far ahead, it's a duo. That's and right. They are from Santiago, Chile. Thank you, Jay, for bringing us back home. Um, we're talking about Ivan or Ives. Sorry, I, I, mean, I don't know how to pronounce these names. I'm saying up front, Ives or Ives. I I saw it as it, it Eves. Is it Eves? But I don't know. I haven't said it. No, you're probably right. Heard it pronounced anywhere. So. I haven't either. We mean no disrespect. Yeah. We love you guys. But yeah. Eves Sepulveda. Yes. It's the best I can do, guys. And yeah. then Manuel Para. Yeah, Manuel or Manuel. Manuel Para. Manny. Manny. Manny Para. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but We've Americanized your name. Sorry, guys. <laughs> para. <laughs> para. Oh, Manny Para. para. <laughs> Sounds like a baseball player. Yeah, yeah. The fifties or something. Like that. Manny Parra. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, da, 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 da. So the yeah, it's a duo psych rock. It might. They're out of Chile. Yeah, it might be the first uh, artist that we've done from this area of the world, right? Yeah, maybe. I think. I think I'm trying so. to rack my brains now, but I, yeah. No, mostly we've done Australia, the U.S., England, Japan, or Europe. We've hit Japan. We've hit career-ish yeah ish uh, but we were really yeah. stepping out of our rooster grooves bounds and going to south america today that's great they are based in santiago and, yeah santiago chile and uh and they've been releasing music though now they got a u.s record label right i think they have a record label in chile and a u.s label mm -hmm. that signed them up um, which allowed them to come out of home and tour um around i don't know have they been to america europe have they done have they gone worldwide on the touring or um i'm not sure i think mostly yeah. in the u.s 
Okay. I, I think uh, they had kind of a following US, yeah. in Chile. And I think there's yeah. a little bit of a scene down there with like Psych Rock. Yeah. They said the yeah, overall I think they have a lot of bigger fan base in the US for yeah. some reason. And um, we'll talk about a little yeah, bit more yeah. in a yeah. in a bit, but they got hooked up with this record label and then they got a bigger following in the US than they do in Chile. Yeah. Um so they're doing really well and they got fans up here in the US and yeah. people come to their shows and stuff. And I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it, but they were kind of surprised that people know them so well up here. Yeah. So they got some, you know, their music's up in the U.S. market. Yeah. Um, I think, and they have they have done a lot of touring and stuff. Although I don't know, like completely worldwide. Right. Yeah. Um, they're pretty, um, kind of underground type energy band. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're doing really cool stuff, which is why I wanted to bring them up. Yeah. And they've a lot, had a lot of albums. Yeah. Uh, since 2011 all the way up through 2018 right? pretty good output for for how long they've been around yeah and and we'll talk about their progression of their style and approach to music and everything mm -hmm. like that as we go but yeah super underground group yeah uh interesting name as well the holy drug couple mm -hmm. they i think they said they uh picked it because it sounded cool but it doesn't actually mean anything to them okay i think that's what they said <laughs> it's, it is a cool name yeah yeah holy drug yeah yeah i don't know it's a cool word it looks good yeah and then couple yeah it just adds another layer to it yeah and i don't know what it means too but it i, I don't know I, the, I love the look of holy drug and yeah. it rolls off the tongue nice yeah so i think a plus hit a home run with the name and couple because they said because we're two chicos I hope I got that translation right because I translated this from a French article into English. Ooh, that could have gone bad. So it was a French website interviewing these. They speak Spanish in I believe they Chile. speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, well, yeah, you're, no, you're right. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what they, but I think it's yeah. Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Or some iteration. Yeah. I'm sorry, we're just <laughs> exercising our ignorance <laughs> and, this and is lack of research. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so I think these these guys love Nirvana. They love like Virgin Suicides. Mm. Um, yeah, they you know based in Santiago, formed in two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, but they cultivated a drifting kind of almost sometimes bluesy. Yeah. Sound with guitars. Yeah. Like weaving gentle melodies with guitars, and and they got into some synths as we heard on that first track, mm -hmm. a little bit later. Um, but repetitive, you know, tapestries of guitars, drums, and vocals, and bass. Yeah. You know, rock band setup. Um, I brought these guys in because they're super DIY. Yeah. You know, then they, they are on a label now, but they just kind of love music and they just started doing it mm -hmm. and they're here doing it still. Yeah. So just for that reason alone, I want to see, I wanted to look deeper into what these guys are up to yeah. and how they were able to get a following, get fans up here. Yeah. Countries, you know, on a, on a different continent. Right. So uh, impressive, but I really like the music. They have a lot of different stuff. Um, Should we get a bit more of a taster of this sound? Uh, I mean, yeah, 100%. And then yeah. let's, let's dive on in and see what else we got on these guys. Yeah. Holy drug couple, guys. Uh, this track is called Flow from their first album, Or. Uh, I know my accent is a bit weird, so that's A-W-E, <laughs> Or. Yeah, that was uh, one of the shorter songs from that album, Or. How would you pronounce that album title? Or, am I saying it right? Ah. 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 It doesn't, it sounds uh, wrong e anyway, I uh. say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was the first album I listened to when you first uh, listened to them, uh, mentioned them to me. Nice, nice. Got that very, yeah, it's very psychedelic. But that gives you a good taste of what, where they're coming from. Drifty, yeah. They said it was all recorded just with drums, guitar, a few droney uh, keyboard sounds, mm -hmm. all in uh, Eve's room, bedroom, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm saying Eve's. You say Eve's, and and uh, we'll be good. Me Maybe. in the middle. <laughs> Hopefully, we're not offending. Yeah. Holy drug couple. Yeah. 
Because uh, they don't have a lot of uh, press out there, is one thing to say about them. Yeah. You can go on YouTube, and there's a lot of good live performance clips out there, like some longer sessions, some mm -hmm. older clips as well. Um, there is a podcast or a radio show, 55 Minutes, in Spanish. If you speak Spanish, I think you might be able to listen to that and get a lot of more insight from them. But for English speakers and for us here in the U.S., they haven't. They don't have a lot of press out there. At least not on the internet. There's like a lot of blogs that have been writing about them. There's a lot of album reviews from mm -hmm. like the usual places you would expect. Ear Milk, um, right? Stuff like that. Um, uh, but yeah, no like on camera interviews in English that I've seen. Right. Um, no, I, I didn't yeah. see any either. Which is yeah. Yeah. surprising, I guess. Maybe because they don't speak English. Is that why? I think they do speak English. I think they do too, because I think they have English lyrics. Yeah, but but I think I, I even came across written interviews in Spanish. Yeah, you know, I think it's probably like two things. Like one is, uh, I mean, to get press, someone has to make that happen, right? So mm -hmm. I mean, they do have a U.S. label here, but I think they're a pretty indie label, right? Yeah, small thing. Uh, also, I think they they do spend a lot of time back home in Santiago. They don't really. They like come out and tour and that, but when they, they even got signed to this US label and didn't meet any of those guys in person until they came yeah. over for like three weeks. And they said, I think this label's based in New York and they took them out to a bunch of bars and they said they're really great people. They're, it's like family, they're really mm -hmm. nice kind of thing. Um, these guys, Holy Drug Couple, strike <clears throat> me as just being very friendly, nice people. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah, again, very likable. Yeah. yeah, Like they just really love music and they're yeah. just down to earth, chill people. Yeah. Um, and just doing it all themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, for these reasons, I, I like these guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's, where'd these guys come from? I, I know they met about 2008. Yeah. So, um, uh, they both met in a place in Chile called Piche. I'm going to try and get this pronunciation correct. Pichelemu? Pichelemu. Okay which is like a coastal place that's really famous for its surfing. Uh, both these guys surf, and that's how they met. Um, he's had a holiday home down in this town. And Para is uh, from an area of Chile called Santa Cruz, but he was down in Pichimelu surfing, and that's how they met. Uh, they were both in college at this time. Cool. And just got to know each other. And I think uh, it was just through surfing and then being down there, and then they didn't really connect for a few years like i think right um para knew that eves did music mm -hmm. um and at a certain point para like got um a drum kit he like got back in contact with eves and was like hey i got a drum kit like and yeah i had the, yeah. they hadn't seen each other in years yeah and then uh manny texted eves ives i'm sorry so sorry mm -hmm. i hope i'm pronouncing mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. okay um and manny texted ives to tell him that he bought a drum kit mm -hmm. which is just kind of cute like like, yeah, like, yeah, man, like I'm excited. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you want to make music with me? Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And so they yeah. started jamming, and within a week they formed a band. Yeah, they just decided to do it. Yeah, um, and, and then yeah. been going over a decade since. Yeah, um, yeah. but that would they they started making music in 2008. I misspoke right. a second ago. They knew each other before then. Right, yeah, like yeah. five years started making music in 2008. That's when they reconnected. 2008. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then they didn't release their first album, Awe. Yeah. Until 2011. Right. So, but here we are getting started. And yeah. these guys are completely DIY. Like, you just got a drum set. They're, I mean, I was reading interviews and stuff. They're like, he's like, I wake up, I'm laying in my bed, record yeah. some stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> go to a party later. Yeah, yeah. And that's just like a very basic, chill mm -hmm. bedroom production yeah. um, band. Yeah, and it's funny because I was, I don't really know, or I guess none of us really know too much about the scene out there. Mm -hmm. Um uh like from the way they're describing the area that they live in, in santiago is well first of all they said it's a smaller city versus like mexico city or somewhere like that mm -hmm. he said it's, it's so small that you kind of know everyone like if you go to like enough clubs and live music venues you start bumping into the same people mm -hmm. kind of thing which is crazy um and there was i read something else about like what was what is kind of like the most popular music in chile right now and Something that Eve said as well was, uh, he seems to think a lot of like bad romantic music and like rock pop 
And then some other article I was reading was saying that the mainstream seems to be, they do have like these rappers and sort of young artists, but they all seem to be like in their twenties and, mm-hmm. and it's like a very different, you know, vibe of what's mainstream there. Right. But at the same time, Eves and that uh, in Santiago are going out to all these parties, all these underground parties that, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of psych rock. Um, there's a lot of experimental music. There's a lot of like electronic music, DJs and things happening out there. And yeah, he's a, they're both able to go out and sort of experience the scene at night and then, yeah, be at home. And then try to create it. And try and create it. Yeah, when they get there. Yeah. But very cool. Yeah. I mean, it, I just can imagine the feel. Like, I want to just go out, walk around Santiago. Yeah. And, like, check out some cool psych rock bands in Chile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun to me. <laughs> and uh, uh, so the first time came out on BYM Records, which is a Chilean psych rock label from Santiago. How much more specific can you <laughs> get than yeah. that, really? Um, that was the perfect label for them. Yeah. Blow Your Mind Records. There you go. No, that's... Yeah, BYM, blow. Is that it? Blow your, your mind? mind? Yeah. Nice. My mind is blown. <laughs> the psychedelic stuff is getting to us. Yeah. Well, maybe we shouldn't have done those mushrooms before I, we started. We thought this it would episode, be fun, but now it's, it like, now it's getting weird. Now it's getting weird. Yeah, and it's, they got a lot of um, like artists that I've never heard on this label. Mm-hmm. They're all from Santiago. So many different uh, releases that they have there. You can go to bymrecords.com. And check all that out. That's got to be a treasure trove of uh, that's what I'm saying from what... Santiago. Wow, that's like a maybe a sample library kind yeah. of thing for some producers out there. Shh, to go don't check tell out. Yeah, don't tell anyone. This is ours. It's all secret. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that came out 2011. It was um, I saw that it was mixed. With, it was with BYM, but it was also self released. Right. So okay, yeah. I think they helped with some publishing and stuff, but. Yeah, it wasn't like a full label provided with the art and. I think sometimes this distribution it's usually fuzzy for artists, like with first releases, right? Because sometimes a lot of the artists we've talked about, they've like released it themselves, and then they've subsequently got a deal and had it re-released. And, and that's the only reason anybody knew about it, or that yeah. label knew about it, because they released it themselves. Yeah, yeah. So good on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Eve said uh, he, he recorded everything in his room. Uh, this is a quote. I'm going to read it for us. Yeah. I recorded everything in my room. The first record, we recorded it live. I tracked it on reel to reel. Manny and myself re-recorded at the same time. Mm. They recorded at the same time. We went for a very purist sound with one guitar, drums, some keyboard drones, and maybe a few overdubs. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. You know, just really psychedelic, just yeah. kind of dreamy. Mm-hmm. Dreamy, yeah. period. I think they're really into, or Eve's definitely is into having control over the recording process. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in this day and age, I think it's easy to, if you just need a computer, really, and an audio interface. Mm-hmm. But um, he, they recorded on reel-to-reel tape, like for the first album, which just is an unnecessary layer of yeah, that's complexity, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and old, he has all these old microphones that he goes and finds at flea markets in chile as well oh is that right yeah that's what they used to record on um and yeah really i guess originally like coming from jamming to writing music stripped down kind of instrumentation um but as they've progressed they've uh he, he said that eve said that they're getting more into songwriting and composing versus mm-hmm. jamming kind of thing and being more structured about what they're doing and i think you can hear it because like the first album is very like dreamy yeah like we just we used all these descriptors just now <laughs> no but the same thing yeah. like yeah yeah no not not structured yeah just more loose like they're jamming yeah. and they really were yeah yeah and they have these ideas and they're in their room like okay let's yeah. do this live yeah get a take yeah um and they were just learning how to do all this stuff yeah but, but i think like you said they are interested in more structure and as you go through these albums you could feel the albums getting more structured yeah. and just kind of better. Yeah. Um, you know, communicating the music better to the audience. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little bit of a different thing, but we're talking about psychedelic music here and they do a very good job yeah. of getting that across in their early work. Yeah. Um, so it's very good. Uh, after that, they, after that first release, they signed with Sacred Bones. Mm-hmm. And that is an American record label. Yeah. I think they're out of Brooklyn. Yeah. 
yeah, Brooklyn based. And then, uh, da, 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 da. yeah, so in 2009, this happened. Right. And they, they hooked up with them because uh, Sacred Bones just sent them a message, I think, on MySpace out of the blue. Well, okay. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Um, the quote, hey guys, do you want to release an album with us? Yeah. I guess that was the message. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, Eve's um, speaking. He said, of course, but you have to wait because I want to re-record the first EP. I thought that my demos weren't sounding good enough, so we went back and recorded on them, and then we sent off the tapes the next year right. to Sacred Bones. Yeah. Uh, quote continues, we were always talking through emails, and after they released the EP, they told us we can make an LP, and they can release it in December or January. Um, right. And they told them when to send it out. Um, from that, May until the last day um, that Eves had to send it in, he was working on it until the last day. Yeah. So just super cool how that was going on. That was like 2007, 2008. I mean, this is 2009, but I mean, MySpace was still going in 2009 or what? Yeah, just about. I Cling, guess. Clinging on Barely. to itself because, you know. That fa- might have been the last message. Because, yeah, <laughs> before Facebook stole its thunder, Facebook was just only available for people in uh, um, colleges. Yeah. I that, remember, that makes I, sense. I remember being on a waiting list for, for Facebook. And like now, it's like, why? Now there, I'm like, I want to... It was so cool you were I, on a waiting list. Now I want to delete my account. Yeah. I was on a waiting list. You're on a wait list for it to be deleted now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's probably how they'd have it go. But Sacred Bones is a it's an obscure kind of label. Um, I was just kind of looking through some of their back catalogue. I don't recognize any of these artists, although they have put out a couple of David Lynch things. Oh, yeah. And a couple of John Carpenter things, because, you know, John Carpenter being the horror movie director that also makes music. I'm pretty okay. sure, pretty hot. I'm like 50% confident in saying that right now. Like, <laughs> I believe it. Um, yeah, which is, I don't know if, they, if they're directly <clears throat> in contact with him or doing reissues, but. It's that, yeah, an interesting label that we should dive into and, and see what all these artists are about. Yeah. On here, Sacred Bones Records. Yeah, I'll, yeah, let us know if you know anything about Sacred Records. Yeah. Or what is it called? Sacred what? <laughs> Sacred Bones. Sacred Bones. And their records. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, moving on. Ancient yeah. Land EP. Yeah. Comes out. Yeah. It's 20 minutes long. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think this was the one he was talking about re-recording. Okay. Because uh, it came out again or whatever. Yeah, there's two versions on Spotify of the track Ancient Land. One is like seven minutes something. The other one's ten minutes long. Yeah. Like. Um, so again, I don't know the intimate yeah. details of yeah. why they did that or what happened exactly. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I don't know. I have a little bit more quote about what Eves was saying about this though. Um, he was, I think, he was still on reel to reel. He said, "I couldn't go wrong because if you do another take on the same tape." You start to lose the fidelity. Mm. Or, I mean, he was describing the first one was reel to reel. Blah, 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 blah. You start to lose the fidelity. You can do one take, maybe two, but that was it. My friends, my friend that was recording us didn't have as much free time as I wanted. I'd ask him, hey, man, I can record tomorrow in the afternoon? And he'd say, no, I can't do it. Uh, so Eves was saying it was done in a real rush and not on Holy Drug's schedule. Mm. Um, and so now they had a little bit more control. I think what they were talking about was they were starting to use a computer. Uh, you think so? Yeah. I think so. Tape. Yeah. Um, and then, and furthermore, they, they talk about it even more. I'm, I'm looking, I'm referencing an interview I read. Yeah. So I hope I have some of the facts correct, but eventually they started using computers at some point and they really liked it. Hmm. Um, and one of them was saying, cause you know, they could just have complete control and he could, you know, he could drink or whatever and just like party or whatever and then come back the next day and re-record that just that one part. Oh, yeah. I and think how valuable yeah. that was for him. Yeah, you're right. Because I think he went to, since they introduced computers, he said he's gone from like what you were just saying about like you, how you lose fidelity if you do more than one take to right. like, yeah, 50 takes. On the same like, yeah, of one physical tape. Yeah. Yeah, but he, yeah, on the computer, he does like 50 takes. Yeah, and like you're saying, he'll come back drunk or whatever, lay something down. And, like. I mean, so he, <laughs> he was kind of like speed going through this music creation process. Like yeah. people in the 70s, like our best option is a reel-to-reel right. or four-track, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then like, and then discovering Pro Tools and 
overdubbing and yeah. and starting your project with a blank slate in in Pro Tools or another DAW. Yeah, just a completely different kind of vibe. Although you know, back in the day though, uh, like when I first had Logic and like in 1999, it's before Apple bought it, so it was eMagic Logic, which was this German e company. eMagic came with this little binder, physical black binder that was uh, the the user manual. <laughs> Um, you read it? Yeah, uh, no, but the guy that set it up for me said you should read it cover to cover because he did. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, get right on that. <laughs> I just watched him use it instead. I was like, oh, I've got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if your computer wasn't fast enough, you, it would crap out after a few tracks. Oh, right. You know, and especially if you're adding plugins like reverb and stuff like that. So even back in early, I mean, these guys are, are later, you know, they're like mid. 2010s right doing this stuff so it would have yeah. been better but yeah even i had like a g4 i upgraded from a pc to a apple g4 that was like fancy at the time um but it was still like logic would crash or like stutter still like, you know it was like oh, okay i'll just have these three tracks then i guess and like i'll remove the reverb yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i hate that the limitations of yeah just oh, something man. we don't mention about that uh, it's gotten obviously better now like you don't i mean well it depends if you're trying to like put 20 tracks on like a macbook air it's probably mm -hmm. gonna fuck up yeah you know? but yeah yeah the struggles the struggles are real well it's it's cool to see the art all these artists though go through the same thing it's not just like you yeah. in your apartment random listener right yeah it's, it's like it's my computer never works why doesn't pro tools work for me yeah it 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 doesn't work for anybody no none of this stuff works for any of these artists <laughs> and all of these artists are always struggling with it as well yeah same same control alt delete issues yeah you know it's crazy yeah um that's the name of the game since the 70s till today yeah technology issues yeah so um but yeah anyway i don't know these guys are doing their thing this this label helps them go on tour in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So they get a fan base up here. They got an audience up here, and yeah, they've uh, played like some psych rock festivals, right? Mm -hmm. Something like I think uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there's one that was like a new um, psych rock festival. I think it was like in Texas or Chicago. I was gonna say I think it was yeah. Texas. Texas, yeah. I mean, there was multiple though, but, yeah, and yeah. they're they're all up in that. I think it's a scene, scene. scene is what's happening, yeah. Because I think a lot of these artists, like Unknown Mortal Orchestra, mm -hmm. um, which has been mentioned in a few of their interviews, I, I saw that as well. Dive, I think, um, is being sort of like lumped in with this sort of new sort of psych rock movement kind of thing, and there's an appetite for it now. I think with like a lot of like listeners in the US. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit, you couldn't do a whole festival if there wasn't like a whole load of people that are into it right like yeah 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 no um, it's but it's it's been coming up yeah and and kind of what these guys were talking about is i mean these bands like unknown mortal orchestra they mentioned like you just said yeah. um huge bands like tame impala right are very popular right now and they're like mainstream I, but i wouldn't i guess it's like i don't know i wouldn't that I, wouldn't be my first descriptor of tame impala but i don't know of yeah. a psychedelic yeah I well, th I mean, that's what I'm saying. And these guys yeah. have also mentioned it. Um, and I was going to bring this up. Yeah, yeah, because the term psychedelic. And these mm -hmm. guys are talking about like, it's not just like psychedelic, like mushrooms and stuff, but it's just, it's a more grand thing. Like it's, it's like postmodern, like genre mashing. Like you're allowed to just create more free yeah. rather than feeling like you have to create a specific genre. I think this is exactly what Kekigoku and Mayo said, right? Because yeah. in our episode about them, uh, they were saying that to them, psychedelic didn't mean drugs. Like it wasn't right. about the drug. Like we think about it like 60s acid, LSD, whatever sometimes. Yeah. Um, but like for them in Japan, they was, it was more of a like a mood or mm -hmm. a, like what you're saying, like a free form experimental. That's what it means to them. Like being allowed to try something new. Yeah. Or incorporate something new. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me read a little bit yeah. of this because I one of that I think it's super cool that they are thinking about things like this. Mm -hmm. um, um, Eve says, "Punk rock is about having a discourse about something. Psychedelic music for me is about sensitive and intelligent stuff." Deer Hunter, he mentions, uh, played last night. They are more of a psychedelic band. 
they create these landscapes that have beautiful melodies. Mm. Um, so it's like he's talking about this psychedelic comeback and the freedom of making music. Um, he's talking about like in the 90s, there was, it was a more corporate way of making music, mm. um, like with MV, M, MVT. Wow, my goodness. Let me take a step back. <laughs> what are M- you were saying words right now? I, I was like, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I just got on like a, I just had a stroke or something. MTV. It's, it's the mushrooms, man. I know. I shouldn't have taken those, Dre. <laughs> uh, but MTV and Nirvana. So it was kind yeah. of like a corporate selling yeah. thing. Like, oh, grunge, buy these grunge t-shirts. Yeah. Buy these band. Like it was a scene for corporate interest, right? Yeah. Um, but like millions and millions of dollars were put into it. And it was like a business is what. Commercialized. Eves, yeah, it's commercialized. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so Eves is talking about all this stuff, like the world of making music. And if it's good, people are going to listen. Mm. Um, and a lot of it's about word of mouth. So the new psychedelic movement for Eves is about youth culture and freedom, doing whatever you want. Mm. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, um, it's just it's such a more grand idea than you know LSD, right? Like oh psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. You know that's just like a, such a closed-minded like you know drugs. What does that even mean to music? Yeah, so I think it's like a hangover, right, of uh, the '60s, like because like especially like I think here in the U.S. and the U.K. as well, psychedelia is psychedelic music has always been associated with psychedelics right and it's, when it's not know. necessarily synonymous yeah it's not yeah psychedelia yeah. and music is about like thinking free and trying new things yeah yeah and opening up your mind yeah generally which is like i guess there's parallels there though because i've never done psychedelics but people are at i mean apart from the mushrooms i'm on right now this is the first time yeah no. <laughs> it's about uh, to hit <laughs> Oh, oh, well, so like a lot of people say about psychedelics is it, it does like open up your eyes and your mind to seeing new things. And I, that, that's the one parallel I think about when it, you talk about psychedelic music, achieving that same thing yeah. through music versus yes. a drug. That's music a, is a drug, you know. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. That's yeah. a very great yeah. way to put it. Very yeah. succinct. And so, uh, yeah, I mean. Thank you for saying that. I just thought about that just now. I feel very smart now. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> um Something Eves did say about psychedelic music, though. I have a quote. Um, I don't listen to modern psych bands because most of those bands are all the same. You hear the, you hear the jazz master, which is a guitar, with reverb in the intro and a Farfisa keyboard, and that's like the most boring thing in the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested in more. I love the Beatles, the first Pink Floyd album, but I also love Madonna, Chemical Brothers, ABBA, Bowie, T-Rex, Lou Reed. I don't know. It's becoming a cliche and a commodity so they can sell you a denim jacket with an eye stitched into it or hair dye. That last part of my comment there didn't make any sense because it was in context of what you were saying earlier about the commercialization of uh, grunge music and and all that. Commercialization selling clothes. Yeah. But um, yeah, but he's basically saying he doesn't. Yeah, he's not really sort of hip to the, the the new genre of psych music, and he's not really. I mean, I guess that's an intro, that's a normal thing, I think, for a lot of artists that are creating music, uh, like new. Uh, what do they call it? Um, chill wave and stuff like that. We've covered some artists that have been lumped into chill wave, mm-hmm. but it's not like they were doing that on purpose. It wasn't like they were listening to a bunch of chill wave, and then tried to make chill wave. Not yet. That will happen in the future, I think. But right. but chill wave is like a new genre that has come out of people listening to other older references, sort of thing. And then incorporating that to their modern. Yeah, and I think the same with like modern psych music is like these bands. There's a lot of them coming around, but they're not listening to each other. They're listening to their older references. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's what's creating this music. In the future, people will be listening to, to like pe- these to bands stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then the cycle of influence is crazy. Like. And generations and and then you know yeah th- yeah and then you just leave a trail of music behind you anyway it's all it's mm-hmm. all there forever hopefully it doesn't get lost no totally i mean, yeah. I mean it's cool because you create this music you create this content but you're leaving a story for these new people to find the breadcrumbs to be able to f- do what they those people did yeah because if you like maybe in the future 20 years from now you'll come back and you'll be listening to the honey drug couple as influences but then through them you'll explore hopefully mm-hmm. maybe if they do some more press <laughs> yeah <laughs> explore more of their influences all right one big influence that 
Eve's talked about was Primal Scream. Have you heard of them? Um, yes, I've heard of them, but I'm not familiar. There's this one album they did in 1991 called Screamadelica. Um, and he said he's obsessed by this album. He listens to it from beginning to end over and over all the time. Like one of his favorite it sounds like an album time. I would not like. You think so? Is this Should we hear a little bit of it to see what it's like? It's a teaser. I'll be down for a teaser. I'll start out with the first track, Moving On Up. This is probably old. I'm going to guess this is like old sounding. It's 1991. You've heard this before, right? I didn't realize. Yeah, it was I've heard this the Rolling song. Stones before. Is this a, is this a cover? No, I'm just. It sounds exactly like a Rolling Stone. Oh, uh, it sounds like Mick Jagger. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't. Maybe it, I'm uh, it does. Shit. Just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. This is a snippet we of loaded. To, to do what we want to do, and we want to get loaded, and we want to have a good time, and that's what we're gonna do. Well, wait, baby, let's go. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a party. You heard this one? This is, I randomly clicked on this, but I know this as well. This is a, you recognize this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is a big hit for them. Although it's a seven minute long album track. <laughs> they might have done a radio version. Hmm. No comment. Oh, let's just skip ahead. Yeah. It's interesting that he uh, picks this album. Uh, I mean, that is. I will say, yeah, Primal Scream were pretty big in the UK when I was growing up. Okay. Um, they were like pre. You heard the Stone Roses. Same thing. Precursor. Heard of them. Precursor. Band. Precursor. I just remembered the word I was trying to think of on the Japanese breakfast episode. <laughs> that was the word. <laughs> that was the word. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> One ep two episodes oh, later. Thank goodness. Precursor. Okay. It was a precursor. She wrote those essays as a precursor to her book. That makes sense, right? Okay. Yeah. We were like preface. <laughs> Yeah. Prologue. Oh my god. It's been bugging me for three weeks. Precursor. Okay, that feels good. <laughs> we got that off our chest. Uh but uh yeah, the primal screen uh, they've been very influential in, uh, to a lot of bands in the UK that come came after them. I think even Oasis in a certain way. And Kasabian, have you heard of Kasabian? Mm -mm. No. Okay, throwing a lot lots of weird British bands at you <laughs> that you haven't heard of. Um yeah, but I guess this is kind of like 90s mixture of indie rock and um, sample drum machine type stuff. So anyway. Okay. Eve's from uh, <laughs> Honey Drug Couple is uh, really into that album. So there you go. I mean, it does sound yeah. weird. It's not yeah. like that doesn't sound like a psychedelic album that would be like inspiring this psychedelic synth rock that we're talking That's about. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. It's like he's pulling inspirations from, I mean, we only played like a couple of things off of that. There's probably maybe some other tracks that, mm -hmm. um, but I think one thing that Eve says is he's a general music listener. He listens to a lot of different music. Like he even yeah. said in there, Madonna and all that. Um, I think it doesn't necessarily mean he's pulling direct influences from all of it into his own music. And not um, just sonic influence, but yeah. production influence. Yeah, yeah. Or just kind of general vibe influence. Vibe, yeah. Or, you know, yeah. you know whatever, placement yeah. of panning and right, all yeah. this stuff. So yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff you can learn from even stuff you don't like. For sure, yeah. Mixing tech ideas, techniques. Yeah. Play, yeah, yeah. Inspiration in general. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but let's get a couple of these other albums I want to talk about real quick. The next one comes out, Nocturnary. Mm-hmm. Nocturnary. Nocturnary. Yeah. yeah, was it Nocturnary or Nocturnary? I would say Nocturnary. When did that come out, but, Jay? Uh, I don't know how to speak English. It came out in... Neither do I. 2013. So 2013. <laughs> on Sacred Bones. So this is the one I was talking about where he didn't want to be limited by mm. like reel-to-reel. Oh, okay. And he was able to explore more with um, I don't know what DAW it was, but a computer, you know, right. with tracks, yeah. uh, modern DAW. Yeah. Um, so he first recorded 15 demos, and he played just the instrumentals of all the demos. I think almost by himself, mm-hmm. and it was Eves. And then he showed them all to Manny, to Manuel. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Manny. Hope that's okay. <laughs> um, and he re- Manny recorded all the drums, yeah. and then they took all those tracks to Eve's bedroom, and they finished them. Right. So I don't know where exactly this stuff is happening because I think he does most of the stuff in his bedroom. Yeah. But it sounds like maybe they had to go track the drums somewhere else. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. You know, for just a small bedroom kind of kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um. Recorded them all in the bedroom. It was winter in Chile, and so Eves was in a melancholic mood. Sorry for the sirens. Yeah. So rude. Hmm. Um. He was in a me- melancholic mood, so he was just like sleeping and recording. And he recorded the rest of the tracks there in his bedroom. Mm. Um, yeah, so this reporter was asking him about these questions, um, recording it digitally mm. on this album. And so Eve says, yeah, I recorded some guitars 50 times. I would be sleeping or I would come back home from a party, maybe drunk, and I would do another take. It was perfect. It was really beautiful working that way. Total freedom. So really cool to see somebody use the reel-to-reels, which seems like an ancient, archaic yeah. thing that's in the past. He was using it basically modern day in the last two decades. Yeah, yeah. And then going straight to like a modern DAW yeah. and just switching up their production um, style of yeah. the way they record stuff. Right. And it seems like he just, he loved it. Yeah. And I find myself loving that too. I love just being able to record again. Yeah. Let me try that take one more time. Yeah, yeah. The it, no, everything, it's all good. Yeah. Recording with a band. Yeah. It's all good. Overdubs. I love it all. But there's different kind of value you can take from the different techniques. Yeah. There's so many different um, schools of thought, perspectives, struggles when it comes to all that. I, I think I've mentioned it before about uh, my struggle of uh, going from listening to music mm-hmm. when recording it to staring at it on a computer screen. Yeah. <laughs> really, I really don't like that. Um, at least not in the band sense you know um because you know you can go into the computer and work on beats and waveforms and you need the visual thing to do it kind of thing but if you're just recording like rock music or band music um it's really sort of sometimes counterintuitive and distracting right like seeing the computer screen like even though i've i was randomly I got suggested to me a video from a, a guy that mixed one of Kate Trinada's tracks mm-hmm. and he was doing like a breakdown of his mix. Um, and he said the same thing. Like he's like an older guy, but he's like mixing this like hip hop sampled like beat. And he was like, yeah, I can't look at the computer. Right? You just got sometimes you got to put your head down and like, listen, sort of thing, like, you know, <laughs> that's cool so, though. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Having that control. Yeah. And having that idea that like, Oh, I'm going to, not look at that because yeah it's it's gonna be more valuable for the music if i don't look at this yeah so interesting it's like pros and cons it's like this but what what's most important i think is what you want to do like what you want to accomplish and if you have conviction over that idea then you can choose one of the paths should i use a reel to reel and a four track yeah or should i use pro tools and re-record everything should i use a band should i just re-record everything myself yeah, what should, it should be really at the end of the day is like sticking true to the vision and not letting the, the technology impede. That's what I'm saying. You can, that. yeah, you can go yeah. either route. You can go either route but, and make it work for you. And if you have a meet a brick wall or a struggle, work within that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like we've, we've talked a lot, not so recently, but in the past about a lot of artists that have created restrictions for themselves. Yeah put themselves in a box you know mm-hmm. so they don't have the entire candy store to work with they only have like right. small little thing palette of things to work with yeah i um, mean we it's it's yeah. something that adults use on children you know like to yeah. help yeah. them control like do you want to put on your red shoes or your blue shoes right now little kid <laughs> you know like 
I'm not asking the kid if he wants to put on shoes. Right. I'm asking him which ones he wants to put on. So it feels like he has a choice. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. But either way, I get what I want, which is him putting any shoes on. Right. You know, so it's psychology. Yeah. And how do you, we can, we can accomplish things using psychology by like, you know, psychologizing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Psychologizing. I think it's a word, guys. Okay. Just roll with me. Psychoanalyzing. Psych- yeah, there you go. <laughs> but like Plus using you can, using psychoanalysis to make changes in your process. Yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, it's got. It's like it's funny because uh, I've realized I've been uh, in some times trying to write music. I've been uh, telling myself, "Oh, I can't do this," kind of thing. Um, and then as soon as I removed that notion from my head. I was like, I could put, move forward and do it kind of thing. Yeah, but you're like, but I can't. Because I was putting my own mental block in place, telling myself that I couldn't do it <laughs> for some reason. That's whatever. The... And it's like, oh, I, as long as I said, you know, it's like, wait a minute, you can do this, you can figure it out. Like, and then it's like, oh, okay. You know, so it's, this, yeah, with all this technology and making music and writing, it's like, if, you, if you're met with a barrier, you either mm-hmm. work with it within it or see it as not a barrier but an opportunity yes. or a challenge go through it so Something. good yeah I don't know. wow jesus i've been i'm inspired i've been struggling on this episode to talk about holy drug but i've come i've like dropped a couple <laughs> of nuggets of wisdom yeah, out you're of dropping. <laughs> i love it maybe it's the psychedelic music of holy drug company that's opening up i think it is areas in my brain right new now. neural pathways in jay's yeah, brain yeah. today yeah from the holy drug couple but yeah okay so we're talking about um da, da, da. yeah that was um noctuary yeah uh good stuff yeah and then i want to talk about moonlust this is the next album they come out with what is that 2015 yes i'm just saying by memory thank you yeah um so this is where i came in and discovered holy drug couple yeah like i said at the beginning of the episode just it came up at some point and I like low-key fell in love. Like I'm not, these aren't like my favorite band, but I like, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I fell in like. You fell in like. You know nice. what I mean? No, yeah. but th- these guys are really great. And I love this album. Yeah. Um, it's bold, psych rock. It's a, it's a psych rock endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, a step in the evolution of dream pop, creating a sense of transparentness, space, romanticism. These are, I'm just reading my notes. Mm. Um, and the need for infusing a sense of clarity and privacy into our beings. So that's mm-hmm. what I wrote down about that album. Um, it marks a little bit of a change because um, they were using a little bit more synths in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard uh, the first track we played, our intro track for the podcast was you know, very synth heavy. Mm-hmm. And I think pretty much the whole album is like that. Mm-hmm. They moved away from guitars and did some more synth stuff. Um, da, 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 da. And I guess, I guess, um, I think it was Eves. He said it was, it was a definitive album that he wanted to do like for himself. Um, he said like 15 years ago, it was, it was like for his teenage self. Mm-hmm. So he was exploring like melancholic feelings, um, romantic feelings, beauty, sensuality, sensu- sensuality, darkness, romanticism. Um, I, I recommend playing it from the beginning to the end. Mm. All the way through i think that's how he meant it to be listened to as well i think when it, uh, i just want to say this one last thing about this album an interview was asking him if you can just name describe this album in three words he said peacocks absinthe willow interesting i could see the will or i could see the absinthe is it willow for the smell the look your guess is good as mine sir i've only done absinthe once twice <laughs> done it no, I'm, I'm like <laughs> sitting in reeling up it's like i never done much oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well uh, i never did one time, <laughs> and that one no. yeah, you remember that one t- i've seen self-confessional I've seen things this is a self-confessional episode oh my yeah. god what are you doing to me holy drug company hey they're couple they're getting us vulnerable uh I, yeah <laughs> we know, we've them. only played like two of their tracks and they're already getting to us uh um, yeah we, we we should probably play another track right now yeah, which um, one? Let's let's play the other track that we have loaded up off of Moonlust. Light or night? So we're gonna taste off this. This is my favorite one by them. I would recommend starting to listen to Moonlust first. Tell me what you guys think. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Light or Night from the Holy Drug Couple, uh, their album Moonlust. On Roots to Grooves with me, Jay Purcell, and Jesse Quigley. That's me, that's me. Um, Tame and Parlor vibes a little bit on yeah. that track. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, really nice sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, something else uh, that I think Eve's, uh, again, I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, um, said about this album is the, the Virgin Suicides soundtrack Air, by Air. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a movie that Sofia Coppola did a um, long time ago now. Not sure mm-hmm. when it came out. <clears throat> but Air did yeah, a whole original soundtrack to it. And I, lo- I really like that album as well. Air the... The band. The French, English rock band. Fr- no, the French... <laughs> Uh, oh, I wouldn't French. call them a rock band. Uh, what would you call them? Dream pop, French pop, chill pop, down tempo, <laughs> electronica, air, air. <laughs> um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they're out. France is in England, right? <laughs> oh jeez, you've been watching too much South Park. Everything, you know, like, everything. French, French people piss me off. <laughs> British people, yeah. I'm just saying everything yeah. on that side of the Atlantic Ocean is England. Uh, yeah, well, you know. Until you get to China. Europe. But now we're not in Europe anymore. We just disassociate. We just dismembered ourselves and now we're floating no. out to sea. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not that <laughs> ignorant to geography. I just like to play it up that I'm completely ignorant. But you thought Mount Machu Picchu was in Chile and you couldn't pronounce it either. I thought it was you, sir. It was you, sir. <laughs> Trying to deflect, I was trying to make myself uh, be- put myself in a better playing light a little game here, playing a little game. <laughs> I don't know who's winning. Let us know. Um, but yeah, that was a, yeah, it's a good album. And I th- right. he, he said it was indirectly. He said it wasn't directly influenced, but it was like Virgin Suicides was an album he listened to a lot when it first came out, kind yeah. of thing, and just the mood, I think, um, and the vibe of that album because it is very. Um, yeah, down tempo. Serge Gate, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg stuff. Well, she actually worked with Air. Air had oh. the sound, I guess, like those those sort of tight sounding drums, um, the sort of wistfulness, the interesting melodies, mm-hmm. like the electronica moments. Just kind of a general soft palette. Yeah, like chill, not think, harsh. Yeah, and I think the Virgin Suicide soundtrack was more. Get like acoustic guitar led versus like in their later stuff they've added more electronics and synths. Mm-hmm. But the Virgin Suicide soundtrack was more like sort of down tempo acoustic soul kind of. I mean, that's how you thing. describe air is like down tempo. Yeah. Say. Yeah. I mean, they're very interesting. Like that, they're, they're like really inspiring to me. I think one of the guys from Air did a whole um, Red Bull music lab interview once i think you can find it on youtube it's like 40 minutes long mm-hmm. really super inspiring and interesting to hear him talk about his approach and music and like there's that famous bass line from uh, i think the first album moon safari mm-hmm. uh, it's like it's really like a melodic bass line and how he talked about just coming up with that out of nowhere on the spot kind of thing and it was just like oh I, I can flow. hear the bass line in my head. Yeah, right now. you know the one. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, air is you know they're kind of down, down tempo, like zero sevens in there, kind of down yeah, tempo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, anyway, anyway, but good stuff. Yeah, Moonlust is great. Yeah, I like the vibe. I feel like this is where they kind of, you know, at that point at least peaked with their, like what they're trying to accomplish as a band. Mm-hmm. Their sound is like the best it's been. The general vibe and as a, as just a work of art moonlust is is you know well-rounded and great yeah so i, w- I would listen to listen to that for yeah. sure um yeah and then they just keep going you know soundtrack for pant pant and all yeah come i don't have anything to play off of that one that was again another artist that's done a, an imaginary soundtrack right it wasn't for a real film it was a like an imaginary movie as far as i know yeah that. yeah and um and they were asked if they would want to do a movie soundtrack, and they said yes. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was something they they would love to do, aspire to. Sure. Yeah. I I uh, feel like they'll be able to. Yeah, yeah. 
at some point too. I yeah. think these guys will, there's still more stuff coming out. Like even if they have a lot of stuff already out, yeah, I still feel like these guys are still going to do something bigger. Um, yeah, uh, you would think. I mean, I don't know how the, the COVID thing impacted them. It seems like they were pretty underground and then it also sounds like they love living in Chile and yeah, they didn't seem like, <laughs> like if they wanted to move to the US, <laughs> it seems like they would have done that already. Yeah, I feel like they just kind of like, yeah, and I think I, I saw something out there about like how they kind of got homesick from touring and couldn't wait to get back home. Mm -hmm. Like they, they're, they're both um, very like much rooted there, I think. And yeah, you know, I've never been there. I don't know what it's like. That's fair. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm, home is for a lot of people. Home is where thing. the heart is. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, home is where you can smoke pot without getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Except if you live with your parents. Yeah, <laughs> in the basement. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any info on soundtrack for Pentanol. Me neither. Um, but then they next up they come out with Hyper Super Mega, mm -hmm. which is like I think their latest full length LP. Yeah. That came out like 2019 or something. Yeah. And then, nice, I'm getting some of these numbers. This is just off the top of my head, so I'm glad. Uh, but that, that one's like... 2018. Sorry. Oh, my, now you're correct. <laughs> God. I almost looked cool in front of our listeners. I just agree with listeners. you. And then I was like, let me look it up. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, thank you for correcting me, sir. Yeah. Um, but Hyper Super Mega, mm -hmm. that, that album feels like it's a little bit next level for me like production wise mm -hmm. um it just feels next level for them mm -hmm. it's it's an amalgamation of like their synth stuff and guitar stuff and it just sounds really good wow. um i don't know if we have a track off to play out this is this is but basically this is all i have on holy drug couple yeah that i really wanted to touch on yeah moonlust is the main thing that i want everybody to be aware of yeah and if you can if you get into that and you you like that at all then I'd recommend getting into these other albums and checking these guys out for sure. Yeah. Um, but as a starting place, Moonlust. Cool name too. Yeah. Um, but Hyper Super Mega, do we have a, we have one track that I loaded up for this one. We do. Do, do we, we, do do we, we want to play out? Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. That's all I got. Anything else on Holy Drug Couple, Jay? No, this one has been a bit challenging to uh, convey. There's not... Not a lot of literature or no, not, English interviews. Not a lot of material out there about them. Other than their music, they have a big body of work. Um, right. Multiple albums. Uh, they just dropped a new single, right, this year? Yes. I think. Um, yeah. So it's been, yeah, it's been like since 2018 since their last album, so it's good to see that they dropped a single because mm -hmm. that is an indicator of maybe some new stuff coming out. Yeah. Generally, these guys are far away. They're based in Chile. Yeah. They, they don't fully speak English, you know, mm -hmm. like that's not their first language at least. Yeah. And they're not, they don't live here anymore. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, then they're pretty underground in general. Yeah. But very cool. Yeah. I don't know what my, the point of what I was saying is, but I, th <laughs> I think we're trying to make excuses for why we don't have that much information on them, <laughs> yeah. but there's just not th that much out there. Yeah. Um, but we're anyway, we're not trying to be comprehensive. We're just trying to give everybody a general idea that there's a cool band out there from Chile that you guys should listen to. Yeah, I never heard of them. And I'm super excited to like know of these tracks now and these mm -hmm. albums. And uh, and it makes me kind of want to go to Santiago and see what's up and just do a week down there of, of psych shows. Yeah, just go go hang out with these guys and see what shows they're going to and things. It's, the way they talk about it, they're just super chill. It just sounds like, That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, we I just go out and we do that. and we like, Chill you know, and make some music with these guys. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys hit us up. Holy drug. Yeah, yeah, holy drug. We will come, me and Jay will come down to Chile and say what's up. Yeah. We want to hang. We'll buy you a beer. Yeah, we will. That's a deal. That's a deal. Just send uh, us an email, right? You like, got every, the, like everyone else can. Everyone well. hits us up all the time mm -hmm. at the email. And if you hit us up, we'll read it on the air. Um, but give us some critiques. Let us know what you want to add to the format, what what we're missing, what what corrections you have for us, why you hate us, why you love us. Give us the email, Jeff. Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.
Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.